summary of the Sikha. It's well known that every month has a, you know, the day, the Yom Tov that is in that month, the special day in that month, and that that day defines the entire month. For instance, we find that other because it has Purim in it, is now called HaChaydesh HaShenepachlem. It's the month that was turned into a day of rejoicing. The entire month of other is a, day of rejo- a month of rejoicing, even though the day of uh, Purim is only one or two days. So also Nisan is called Chaydesh HaGaula, the month of Gaula, even though the Gaula happened in one day of the month. So in regards to the month of Tammuz, we find that there are two opposites in the, going on in the month of Tammuz. There is the day which is mentioned in the Torah, Tzayim Haravi, the fast day that takes place in the fourth month, which is of course Shabbos of Tammuz. So in Torah Shabbat and this is what was known for many thousands of years, that that is what Tammuz is about. It has the fast day, after that comes the, uh, the rest of the month is during the three weeks, days of mourning. On the other hand, now, in, the, in recent generations, it was revealed a new Yom Tov, Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tammuz, it's a day of redemption, Yom and that's now is another thing that uh, Tammuz represents. So we have in the month of Tammuz two opposites. One is that it represents the Korban, another thing that it represents the Geula, the Geula of all Yidin, as the Friedrich Rebbe writes in his letter. And we find the same thing in regards to the name of Tammuz itself. On the one hand, the name of Tammuz is the name of Anavayda Zara. As the Pasuk says, that the women were sitting there causing Tammuz. Tammuz, which means the name of Anavayda Zara that they used to worship. And because they would heat up that, that statue, they would make the eyes out of lead. And then they would heat up the statue so that the lead would start to melt. And it would look like the, the Anavayda Zara is crying. And that's why it was called Tammuz, because Tammuz means heat. So that was, this Abedazara was about heating it up. On the other hand, Chassidus explains that the real meaning of Tammuz is that why is there such, that the fact that there is intense heat during the summer, during the month of Tammuz, is because the, the sun represents Shemesh, Umogin, Havaya, Lekim. Shemesh represents Havaya. So the intensity of the, of the sun means the intensity of the revelation of Shem Havaya during this time. In fact, because the sun represents Havaya, that's why, just as it says, that Havaya doesn't change, that's why the sun is also constant, as opposed to the moon, which goes through phases, it waxes, it wanes. The sun is constant. Why? Because it represents Havaya. So Tammuz, the name Tammuz, which means heat, represents a great revelation of godliness, the exact opposite of Avedazara. Which explains why the Yidin would choose Tammuz, the name of Anavayda Zara, to identify as the month. Why would they choose to use the name of Anavayda Zara? It's not prohibited, but do you have to use the name of Anavayda Zara? And the answer is, because in truth it represents the intensity of Shemavaya. The fact that they chose to use it for, for Anavayda Zara, that's not a reason for us not to use it because it represents the intensity of Shemavaya. And that's why the name of Tammuz stuck and the Yidin chose that. So in, the, in regards to the name, also we find the same thing, that all the generations Tammuz meant was only known to mean the name of Anavayda Zara. Only when Chassidus explained and revealed to us that Tammuz, the heat, 
represents Havaya, did it suddenly take on a new meaning, the word Tammuz. Just like the month of Tammuz, Yudbeis Tammuz was added in recent generations. So now we have to understand if the real meaning, the true meaning, the Ptimius of uh, Chaydish Tammuz, is the fact that it represents Geula, so then why did it take so many generations, thousands and thousands of years, for us to think that it was associated with the Zorah and with the Golos? And only now is it suddenly revealed that it really is all about Geula. So therefore we must say that because for all of these thousands of years Tammuz represented, was represented by the fast day in it, that that is the Teichem Pnimi of Tammuz. That is what it is. But there are two ways in which we can understand what the fast day represents. One way is to look at what it represents externally. It's a sad day, it's a sad time, it's a day that we fast, and that's all that we take out of it. We look at it on the surface. Another way is looking at what is behind it. What's the primius of it? What does it truly represent? And in order to understand what it truly represents, we have to look at what will happen to Shivas of Atamuz after Mashiach comes. Because then will be revealed what, everything, what the primius of everything is. So if we see now what happens to Shavasa B'Tamuz after Mashiach comes, we'll understand what it is B'Pnimius even now. What will happen to Shavasa B'Tamuz? Like all fast days, it will become a day of Yom Tov, a celebration. The question is, why should it be a celebration? The explanation is because B'Pnimius even now, never mind that then later it will become a day of celebration, the truth is that even now, even when we're in Golos, truly it's a time that represents Hashem's greatest love for the Yidden. As is given the Mashal, that when there's the great mighty king, and when his young son soils himself, the king himself cleans up the child because he loves his child so much. So therefore the cleansing of the child expresses the great love that the king has for the Yidden. And that's what the Pasuk says. Hashem himself washed away the, the filth of the children of Tzion. So that even the pain of the Golos, which is the method by which Hashem washes away the, the, the filth of the Yidden, that expresses His great love and His intense love for the Yidden. Which explains why, it's, uh, in Shulchan Aruch it explains that the first day of Pesach always comes out as the first day uh, as the, and the same day of the week as Tishabov, which means, of course, Shivasa Batamas as well, because Shivasa Batamas and Tishabov are always in the same day. How is it? What's the relationship between the first day of Pesach and Tishabov and Shivasa Batamas? Because just as the first day of Pesach brings out the chesed, the kindness that Hashem showed to the Yidden, redeeming them from its Rayim, so also the Tishabov expresses the love that Hashem has for the Yidden, and even the truth is that it expresses even a greater degree of love than Pesach. Because when a father, because of his great love for his son, finds that he needs to punish him, because he doesn't want whatever he did wrong to carry through his life, he needs to end it right now because he loves his child, and he, he is even willing to do something which goes against his very nature, because a father only wants to do things which a child likes, he wants to be pleasant. He wants the child to have a pleasant life. Why is he willing to go against his own nature to cause pain to his child by punishing him? Because of his great love. So the Tishabov 
is an expression of even greater love of Hashem for the Yidin, even than Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim. Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim is, anyone would take the Yidin out of Mitzrayim. Anyone that loves someone would do something nice. But are you, do you love that person enough to do something which goes against your nature and to cause them pain? That's expressed by Tishra. That means, that's, what that means is that even now, as we are in Golos, but Pnimius, we understand that Hashem, that this represents the great love that Hashem has for us. Which explains why it says that Tishabah will become a yomtiv in those after Mashiach comes. The question could be asked: Yes, the Beis Hamidrash is built. There's no longer any reason to fast on Tishabah. But what's the yomtiv about it? Why is it a yomtiv? It should be a neutral day. The answer is because now we understand one, once the punishment goes away, the concealment of what is represented by Tishabah is gone. And so during that concealment, which is now in Golos, we have no choice but to deal with Tishabav as it appears to us, which is that it's a punishment. So we have to fast on that day, we have to mourn on that day. But then when that goes away and Hashem is finished with the punishment, and the Mashiach comes, and now it's only about the intensity of His love for us, so that becomes a celebration. Now we have only, the only thing left is the celebration. While now... That's all concealed, the celebration part of it, and what we are confronted with is what's on the surface, which is that it's a day of punishment. And that's the reason also why the month of Tammuz, throughout the generations, we were only able to relate to the, to the Tzayim, to the fast day within it, because everything else was concealed. But now before the time of Mashiach, when we are already being given a taste of what will happen in the time of Mashiach, things are peeking through already from the time of Mashiach, so now we begin to see already that there is a primis to it all. There's something behind it all. There's something that is really going on and we begin to recognize that as well. And that's why the Ebeshter gave us before the time of Tishabah, the time of sh- the three weeks is coming, he gave us a yomtiv to be able to understand what's really, that this month is really about Geula and about the intensity of love that Hashem has for the Yidin. In fact, the, the whole story of Yudbeis Tamas also follows along those same lines. First, there was a, a, an arrest of the Rebbe, and he was put through great pain and torture in the prison. And only then came the Geula, and not only the Geula, that from now on he was released from prison, but it began, we began to realize that even the whole period in Golos, in, when he was in jail, it was leading to an intense, intense and greater uh, ability to be able to uh, spread Yiddishkeit once he was released from prison. In fact, the, uh, when they released him from prison, they knew that this would lead the people that were behind the Friedegerebbe, the Chassidim, would be encouraged by this and they would therefore dedicate themselves in a greater way to spreading Yiddishkeit in Russia. And the Russian authorities were very well aware of this and yet they agreed to release him knowing that this would happen. So in other words, they agreed that there should be an increase of the work of Chabad, of Yiddishkeit, as a result of the arrest. We also find that the day Gimel Tammuz, which was the time that the Friedrich Rebbe was released from jail and sent into Golos, which at the time when it was happening, that they were unsure whether this was good news or bad news, because they thought that because of the pressure that they were having from other countries, the diplomatic efforts that were made, 
So they thought that this was a way that Russia was trying to get rid of that pressure and to release him. And of course, as soon as the pressure dies down, they'll just re-arrest him and it'll go back to what it was. So they were unsure if this was good or bad. But then, so even as they were going through Gimel Tammuz, when he was still within the arrest, they didn't realize that it was really a good day and a day of celebration. Later, after, after Yud Tammuz, they realized that this was the first step in the release, in the ultimate release. But at the time, they weren't sure. Similar to what we go through in Golos, that during the Golos, we only, it's difficult to see the pnimius of it, that it's all really the love of Hashem. Only after do we get to see that everything about the Golos was really expressing the love of Hashem. And the same is true also for the name of Tammuz. For all those generations, it was understood only as a name of Avedazara, which means a time of great uh, concealment, that the month of Tammuz represented concealment of godliness, the absolute greatest concealment of Avedazara itself. But then, as we got closer to the time of Mashiach, and it began to, the Echsidus explained that there is a Pnimius to the Golos, and that there is a Pnimius to the month of Tammuz. So now we understood that the name Tammuz also represents the intensity of Shema Vaya. A simple lesson that we have from this is when a Yid is, approaches the, the three weeks, the time is coming, and you look at the Golos around you, and it's such a dark time, and especially before the time of Mashiach, the, the, the darkest time of Golos. And how do you deal with it? It's true that later there will be a great Geula which will be, be based on the Aveda that we do in Golos and that the darker the Golos, the greater the Geula will be. But how do you deal with it now? Now we're in the, the greatest darkness. That could be depressing to a Yid. So the lesson is that the truth is that we, under, we have to understand that in the Golos is the greatest intensity of Hashem's love for us and which has been revealed to us through the Yom Tov of Yud Gimel Tamos in the month of Tammuz, to teach us this lesson that in the Tammuz, the darkness, what we used to think was a great Golos and Avedazara and a time of fasting and that there was nothing positive about it, it came out that Dafke, this is the greatest love of Hashem for the Yidin. And the way to deal with it now is that we can do things during the three weeks which bring Simcha in a way to express this faith and trust that we have in Hashem that this is a great love of His by expressing that simcha in ways that are permitted. Of course, we have to keep the, the observances of the three weeks, uh, as the Shulchan Aruch says it, but there are ways that we can celebrate, which is through making a siyam, which makes, it means that you can have a suda even to celebrate it. If you learn more taira, taira brings joy. If you learn about the Beis Amigdash, the building of the Beis Amigdash, it's as if, as if you built the Beis Amigdash, all of these things will lead us to when this will be revealed fully to us in the after Mashiach comes speedily in our days.